We are women. Hi, I'm Dawn and I'm with these lovely ladies today, Rebecca, Jade, Hiya. and Danielle. And this is the We Are Women podcast. Every episode features different amazing women sharing their stories. And today, dare I say it, it's about periods. <laughs> I say monthlies. I just say periods. You will hear me chatting to Ella Lambert from the Pachamama Project. And Claire Knox from See Her Thrive will be dispelling period myths. And thank you to you two for all your honest contributions. We will be asking the awkward questions. And breaking down taboos. Enjoy! Alrighty, period talk. (laughs) Well, in terms of my PMT, it's weird, right? Because I would describe myself as quite sort of a stern woman. I don't really get emotional a lot of the time, but for some reason, like, I think it's like week three of my cycle. I just start getting so overwhelmingly emotional about the stupidest stuff. It has to do with like food mostly. So I actually remember the other day I had a spoon in my yogurt and I was like moving it from the counter onto the table to eat it. And the spoon fell on the floor and it just splattered yogurt everywhere. I looked at it and I, I couldn't really process it or figure out how to clean it or couldn't be bothered to clean it I'm not sure but I just burst out crying just like almost in hysterics and I just I was like why does this happen to me how is this happening to me right now it's the last thing I need and so yeah I, I guess this is a pretty common thing for most women I started off with pads um, because I was really scared of sticking anything up my vagina and then I wanted to go to the pool one time and it was a summer and I really just couldn't be bothered to like sit on a wet pad all day and risk it floating somewhere in the pool and it being found. So I braved it up and I was like, okay, time to put a tampon in. <laughs> so I, I was 15 at the time and I just sat on the toilet and I was like, it took me like 45 minutes to even get round to it. And when I did, it was the most bizarre experience because I hadn't even, I don't know, it was, I'd never had anything go up so um it was definitely interesting and i stuck to tampons and pads until i was around about the age of 22. i think every girl ever has had mishaps with their period when they were like starting off right when you first got it and you don't really understand (laughs) what was going on so you just kind of tried your best you know i wore these huge pads that you could hear when i walked it was it was you know it's revolting to me now to even think about not because periods are gross but because i was just sat on a pool of it in like a diaper oh i can't anyway um but the typical thing would happen where it would just kind of move to one side you're not sure why then obviously everything just leaks through and then you look at your chair when you get up a class and it's just you know, it's there on the chair and it's the sheer panic. I, I would hear ringing in my ears. It has happened more than once. Just ringing in my ears. I would turn bright red. And I was just like, sit back down and try to wipe it with like one cheek. As in like, with like the side of my pants and kind of just get it on my on my pants. And then wear a sweatshirt tied around my waist to hide it, all of it. And it would work usually bad. I would come back with like a tissue paper and some soap and wipe it after everybody was gone. Hello everyone, my name is Gloria Saya. I'm from uh, Congo DRC, is a Central Africa. I'm an African princess. I am part of uh, Global Art. I'm an artist and I'm part as well of uh, SIWA, what is uh, uh, the Centre International Artist 
uh, for women and uh, yeah I'm living in Manchester I have my first period when I was 11 but it was not difficult for me because I was prepared and uh, we talking about before I have it I went to my cousin for I think to pick something and then when I come back um, it was my auntie who saw it on my dress so she called me come come I want to to talk to you so I went to the bedroom so she told me uh, okay can, can I see your back of your dress so oh, when I see it, I say oh she said oh you have your your period now you are a woman in my country in general they encourage us to use towel instead of um, of tampax because to avoid infection and when you use towel you know your flowing just go out easily and um, is good for for you because all your space that your secret garden is uh, is free you know is not have something inside you put your your towel and everything goes just uh, out easily my advice for women is to have conversation with, about period or not not even just period but about everything not taboo to talk you know to have a good conversation and teach our girls about period you know because it's it's very good things and um the things as well I was if my my auntie she told me you know when I have my my first period she said don't allow the men to touch you because <laughs> if if the men touch you you get pregnant and I was what I will get pregnant yeah you will get pregnant so don't allow a man to touch you and don't forget you know if uh, someone come and uh, touch you you know the, the touch appropriate uh, touch let me know don't keep to yourself you have to tell me everything i say okay auntie don't worry i will i will tell you everything so for me the difference uh, i see you know as an african and here in africa you you have uh, too much communication then here people for me they don't communicate they don't talk you know they don't sit down and have meeting and talk about things we are women. Nous femmes. Hi listeners, my name is Claire and I'm the founder of See Her Thrive and it's my absolute pleasure to be with you today and busting some menstrual myths. So first up, is it normal to have very heavy periods? Well, if you're changing your period products or your pad, your, your tampon, your menstrual cup, if you're finding that you're having to change them very, very frequently, you're bleeding through products and you are what we call flooding, then that isn't really normal and it's not something that you have to put up with. Many of us do suffer from very heavy periods and that can be a sign that there is something underlying that you need to get checked out from your doctor. It's usually nothing to worry about. It might be some kind of hormonal imbalance. It might be that you've got something like fibroids which are just non-cancerous growths in the uterus um, but it's really important to get checked out and I think the key message with this is that you don't have to put up with very very heavy periods so please speak to a doctor and get the help that you need. Number two 
Is it normal to be in excruciating pain when you're on your period? No. First of all, it's not. Again, this is something that unfortunately we have normalised in society and we do see lots of adverts with people on their period who are doubled over in pain and there's medication available over the counter that is intended for period pain but it's important to realise that extreme pain and discomfort again isn't typical and that might be another sign that there is something underlying going on. So it may be that you've got um, something like endometriosis as an example, which is a serious condition, but it can be treated and it can be managed. So again, if you're finding that you are really struggling with pain, either when you're on your period or around the middle of your cycle, um, which is around ovulation, then definitely, definitely speak to a doctor and just explain that you're suffering pain. Try and identify where that pain is. Um, It may be that you're getting pelvic pain. Sometimes people get pain running down their legs. Sometimes it's in their back. But it's really, really helpful if you can identify where the pain is, what it feels like. So is it an ache? Is it a throbbing pain? Is it a shooting pain? And communicate as much of that to your doctor as you can. Number three, is it normal to feel depressed and to have severe mood swings before your period or when you're on your period. No, it's not. Lots of us will suffer from premenstrual syndrome, which is very, very common. And PMS is what we refer to as a range of different physical and emotional symptoms. However, for about 1 in 20 women um, and people who menstruate, they might have a very, very severe reaction to the normal changes in hormones across their menstrual cycle. And that can lead to a range of different emotional symptoms and physical symptoms in the days leading up to their period. And this is called premenstrual dysphoric disorder or PMDD for short. And what happens is if you imagine your body is almost allergic, if you like, to those hormone changes. So when our um, levels of estrogen and progesterone change across the menstrual cycle, it can trigger very severe mood swings. It can trigger crying episodes anger, aggression, irritation, um, anxiety, depression and actually for many women who have PMDD, sorry and many many people who menstruate and have PMDD, it can also um, involve suicidal thoughts, intrusive thoughts and self-harm. It's a very serious condition but again it can be treated and it can be managed so it's really really important that if you're listening to this and you think that you might have PMDD, first of all, track your cycle for a couple of months and track your symptoms. So you want to be looking at your mood symptoms. What I mean by that is how 
how you're feeling. So do you feel depressed? Do you feel anxious? Do you feel sad? Do you feel hopeless? You want to be tracking your energy levels. So are you feeling completely exhausted? Are you suffering from fatigue? And also there might be some what we call cognitive symptoms. So things like brain fog and forgetfulness and finding it difficult to talk. There are lots and lots of symptoms associated with PMDD. And then once you've tracked your cycle, if you think that you might have PMDD, speak to your doctor as soon as possible and get the help and support that you need. You might also want to join a community such as Luna Hub, which is dedicated to helping and supporting people with PMDD. So that again is really important because it can be very lonely and isolating when you're going through something like this. But there are some really fantastic supportive communities out there. I'm sure that you've cottoned on that we're talking about periods today, but we also want to celebrate International Women's Day, which is on the 8th of March. So we thought we'd talk about some inspirational women in our communities. My inspiring woman is Sue Parsonson from the Johnson Fold Sabden Growers, as throughout COVID-19, Sue has continued to make a positive impact on the community organising food hampers and growing fruit and veg to be distributed throughout the community. My name's Lisa and I love my menstrual cup. I've been using a menstrual cup for about eight years now and I first got it after I had my first child and my periods became a bit heavier and they were really painful. And I previously used tampons and I started reading about how actually a menstrual cup, because it sits much lower down in your vagina, was less likely to give you period cramps than wearing a tampon. So I made the switch and um, the ease in my cramps was absolutely instantaneous. So that was my primary motivation and I absolutely love it. I'm a huge advocate. I feel like it makes you connect with your body in a much more meaningful way than any other sanitary products do and I wholly recommend them. So even though I'm now 42, I still get irritated every single month that I have to deal with periods and there's probably at least one point during my period where I wish I was a man so I didn't have to deal with it. But I have found in the last couple of years that using menstrual cups and period underwear has helped a lot because I'm not worried about leaks or feeling uncomfortable and just the impact on the environment as well because I'm not putting a lot of waste into the bin and using a lot of plastic. Um, And I find that recently there's been a lot of places getting on board with the period underwear Um, It used to be quite expensive and quite specialist, but now you can find it in loads of places like even Marks and Spencers and Sainsbury's sell it. So it's not expensive and it doesn't look as ugly as I always imagined it would either. So you can just get really nice plain black knickers that have just got a little bit of extra protection in there. So you don't need to worry about leaking or anything. So I find them really useful and it has definitely made it a bit easier. The Patch Mama Project was conceived by Bristol University students Ella Lambert during the first COVID lockdown in March last year. She recognised the difficulties that many people face accessing sanitary products while seeking refuge. Ella Lambert and her university friend, Olivia Geisler, got to work collecting fabric from the local community, learning how to sew and recruiting volunteers to create reusable sanitary pads 
that are distributed to people around the world. And we are very happy to have the founder speaking to us today. Ella, what an amazing project. Thank What's you so this? much. <laughs> What's the story behind you setting it up? Yeah, so back in March, um, we were all in lockdown. Everyone had a bit of extra time on their hands. I was doing online uni and um, so had lots of free time as well. And I was actually meant to be going to work in a refugee camp the following summer. And I sort of knew that that was probably not going to go ahead. And I was sort of thinking about ways that I could, you know, do my bit from home. And around the same time, I had a really appalling episode of period pain, which I've had since I was like 14 years old, get really bad period pain, which stops me going into university after canceling my plans those days. And uh, I was thinking how awful it must be for someone who's in a refugee camp or in a you know situation where they're displaced and they're going through what I was going through, but not from the comfort of a bed or, or a you know warm, comfy home, but um, without even the access to sanitary products, for example. And so, yeah, that's when I sort of came up with the idea and sort of thought about ways that we could tackle this huge issue, which is faced by so many. And yeah, then I started like developing a pattern, figured out how to sew um, and then got my friend Olivia involved and, and we got going. Brilliant. So we've touched briefly on why it was that you've set it up, but why is period poverty so important to you? Well, I think, as I said, like I do have a personal connection to it. The period pain which I've suffered from since I was in my early teens is why it's not normal and most people don't experience it and so I think I have a particular kinship with people who deal with anything to do with periods which makes their life more difficult but I also think um, it, it doesn't mean that you have to have a personal connection to the issue to feel strongly about it and um, I've had lots of people tell me you know oh I'm a man so it doesn't really affect me and I'm like I can afford sanitary products but this issue still affects me um, and my brother put it in a really good way which was that I'm not homeless and I really care about homeless people and want to fight their cause and it's the same this should be a battle for all of us regardless of your gender or whatever you choose to identify as Thoroughly, it is a women's issue but it's also a human issue thank you often periods are barely spoken about or even considered taboo many women still whisper do you have a pad or i have a stomachache when in actual fact they're referring to menstrual cramps do you think that we as women play a part in creating the taboo that's really interesting yes i think we do I think um, it's such a shame because, you know, women have been having periods since the beginning of time. There's no reason why we should be whispering in hushed tones when we talk about the subject. But even I, where I've set up this organisation based on periods and will talk about periods openly in this context, if I have to cancel my driving lesson, for example, because I'm having really bad period pain, I still make an excuse and I still say that, oh, I'm sick or, you know, I don't say, oh, I'm having really bad period pain. And I think we all need to check ourselves and to be make making a real effort to actually, in the workplace, if you're going to the loo don't hide your tampon up your sleeve just hold it in your hand you know, we all need to be doing the simple little things which will just slowly break it down um, and I think part of it is getting men involved as well because I know that when I was a teenager the reason why I felt embarrassed about it was because I thought the boys would react badly and would make me feel embarrassed and would laugh at me if I had my tampon out for example you know in my hand as I walked to the loo and um, I think if I'd seen from a young age boys just being mature about it and just being involved in that conversation and not giggling, then I think I would have felt completely fine. So I think we all have a role to play, don't we? How can we help normalise the issue, which at least 50% of the population are affected by? 
I think we all just need to talk about it more, need to talk about it more openly. I think period poverty is not even a household name. Like lots of people I speak to all the time don't know what that is. And they're like, oh, can you explain that to me? When I explain it, they obviously realise that that's obviously an issue, but they had never thought about it before. And I think the taboo issue and the stigma of it all means that we don't talk about periods openly anyway. So then when things like period poverty come about, no one even realises it's a thing. Um, so yeah I think it's just about having open conversations I think parents need to be having open conversations with their children schools need to be getting the boys involved we as individuals need to just be talking about it with with our male friends and our female friends and our grandparents and older people who you know also struggle to talk about taboo issues. When it comes to aid support period products are really at the top of the list why do you think that is? I think the problem is is that food and shelter are always going to be at the top of the list and I don't think we should be disputing that I'm not going to stand here and say oh we need to put you know tampons above those things because we shouldn't it's more just bringing to light that it's an it's another issue that we need to sort out um, and I think organizations should probably work together more in these situations seeing okay what are the needs and how can we tackle it together not as individuals I think um, in the pandemic this was a really big issue because obviously organizations were really really limited in what they could do um, because of restrictions and lockdowns and things like that and people had to cut back the amount of volunteers they had because they were trying to keep their volunteers safe which is you know absolutely fair enough and um yeah i think there was a major issue and period poverty really shot up and we all saw that the patchamama project is run by volunteers how has the project grown since its initial startup and where do you see it going in the future it's been amazing actually. I never expected it to grow so much. When we first started, I just kind of thought, oh, like me, my friend and my mum, we'll make some, we'll get them out there. And if we can get some other people making them, then brilliant and we'll see how it goes. And we now have over 350 volunteers and we've made enough pads for a thousand people. I think it's just, it connects with people. Well, every person who has a period can see that this is a huge issue. And I think during this time where we've all seen such awful things, we've become a bit more empathetic, I think, and seen, I don't know, we just care a lot more about people and their issues. And people have just got behind it. All the people that were making scrubs and masks and are now using those that leftover fabric to make pads. And um, it's brilliant. Yeah, I'm loving it. In terms of where it's going, I think there is no end goal. Um, we just want to grow it as much as we possibly can. And the more people we can help, the better. We're currently distributing in Lebanon and Greece and here in the UK as well. And we've got distributions coming up hopefully in the next couple of months, COVID allowing um, in India and the US um, and Bangladesh. So, I mean, period poverty is an issue everywhere. It's not country specific. And so we will just grow and grow as much as we possibly can until period poverty is no longer a thing. And that's not going to happen anytime soon. So... (laughs) Understanding menstruation and educating people, especially boys, can help them to be more compassionate towards the issues we as women face. Patchamama Project hopes to have patcher clubs in local schools, teaching young people how to make pads. How can your clubs help with education? So yeah, with the project and to do with menstrual hygiene education, I think it's like a double-edged thing. So we obviously have to educate the people that are making them, educate the community over here but we also then have to educate the people that we're giving them to so it's this huge process and I think having patcher clubs in schools is such a 
important and fun way of opening up that conversation it's not oh let's sit down and have a really serious conversation and boys you've got to not laugh and talk about periods it's right let's all make something together and then it will become you know these issues will become obvious because you have to talk about them if you're making sanitary products for people who don't access them you have to talk about period poverty and you have to talk about periods and so that's what that's about and then on the other side of it, we have to do a huge amount of education with the women that we're actually giving them to, because a lot of these women don't even really understand periods. I mean, I was talking to someone the other day who works in Swindon, and that's like a home office um, town. So there's lots of refugees in Swindon. And there was one woman who, since she'd been in the UK, had been going to the doctor every month because she thought that something was wrong with her because she didn't realise what a period was. And so we, I think, take for granted education sometimes. Like, you know, if your parents don't teach you about periods, which they obviously should, the school covers it. You will at least hear about them and you will learn how to deal with that. And that's not the case in all cultures. Um, and so, yeah, we provide um, little infographics and how to use and wash the pads and, you know, teaching people that extreme pain is not normal and that you need and um, in Lebanon for example the pads are delivered by a nurse so then open conversation about menstrual hygiene management is encouraged and they will explain obviously how to use the product but also we'll be talking about periods openly and hopefully making those people feel more comfortable talking about the topic. We are women. Just talking like from a from an Asian background from a, a cultural uh, background that we've mm -hmm. I've lived my life would never never speak about period I mean my mum didn't even teach me what to do I learned the hard way well my mate told me at school and uh, I think when when I got home uh, I thought I actually had because we had beetroot in school for lunch that day and I thought I was um, weeing out beetroot <laughs> and I didn't know what to do I didn't know what it was and, and back in, in those days when they didn't teach these things at school and I, I think I was in the last year of primary school I think yeah and uh, my underwear kept, you know, staining and I didn't, I thought it was beetroot. I kept putting it in the laundry basket, not constantly changing. I'm going through all these underwears. And then, it, uh, and then towards the evening, my mum went to do the, put the, you know, the laundry in the washing machine and she saw all these um, underwears stained. Mm. Oh my goodness. I got the beat of my life. She dragged me out of bed by my hair. Oh my God. <laughs> she pulled my hair. She dragged me out of bed. She goes, what is this? And I was like, um, I don't know, that's you, isn't it? I'm like, no, it's not me. And obviously, I'm the only girl who's going to be period on that, that age, yeah. you know. So I'm like trying to, trying to blag it, it wasn't me. I got the beats. Never forget that. Like, and then it was, it was like such a experience where, you you know, like to, to be on your period, nobody told me what it was. I didn't know what it was about. One thing that is really annoying is when men say, oh, you're in a mood, you must be on your period. It's just not appropriate. Um, just be supportive of people when they're on the periods. Also, I don't know if this is worth saying. I don't know if you're supposed to love periods. Like as in, like as a woman, you should be like, oh, yay, periods. But I really hate periods. I think they're the worst thing ever. Like you're in a bad mood. You're really bloated. You don't feel very well. Your back hurts. Your clothes don't fit you properly. You have to really think about what you wear. Think about what you might commit to do. Like as in how long can you be away from the toilet for? Like is that a thing that men would ever have to think about? And 
yeah, I really don't like having periods. And I feel like it's ace that I don't have periods because I take the progesterone-only pill. Um, but I don't know if that makes me controversial feminist to say that I really, really hate periods. I'm really happy that I don't have periods. Myth number four, your menstrual cycle should be 28 days. For many of us, that's just not the case. Some of us have a shorter cycle, so it might be 20 days, it might be 23 days. And for some of us, we have a longer cycle, so it may be 35 days. The key thing with this is that if you're going for, let's say, 60 days between periods then you should probably speak to a doctor about that because that would be um atypical if you like and that might again be a sign that there could be something going on so for example it may be an indication that you could have polycystic ovary syndrome which again is very treatable it can be managed but it's really important to get um, that seen to as early as possible. If you're finding that your cycles are very, very short, so you're having a period every, you know, every 10 days or something like that, then again, it's definitely worth speaking to your doctor. Over the years, you will get to know your body, you will get to know what's normal for you. And that's Um, even more evident when you track your cycle. Our menstrual cycle is really our fifth vital sign and it can be an indicator of things that might be going on with our thyroid or um, with our hormones in general and it's really really helpful if you can be body aware and know yourself and know your cycle. So let's move on to the next myth. Only women get periods Well, no, that's not true. There are members of the trans and non-binary community who also have periods, they also menstruate, they also go through the menopause. So when we're talking about periods and the menstrual cycle, it's really, really good if we can be inclusive and remember that not everybody who has periods identifies as a woman because woman is a gender construct and there are many people who are assigned female at birth but they will identify as a man or they may not identify with any gender or they may be gender fluid. So that's something just to keep in mind when you're talking about periods and having these conversations and I hope that has been helpful. I hope that we've managed to bust some myths there And if you've got any questions, then um, feel free to reach out and I will always do my best to answer them. You can find me at See Her Thrive on social media and at Luna Hub PMDD. We are women. So I... Okay, no, don't bother then. This is what it's like to live with a toddler. <laughs> so I'm, I've opened the packaging for this organic cup because we've been talking to people about periods and a few people have been going on about how amazing they are. I say a few quite a lot. Um, 
So I was like, right, I'm going to buy one and try one because I am a person who suffers from heavy periods. And I'm impressed so far um, because the instructions are all actually part of the box. So you're not, there's no paper wastage. It's got a really nice little bag where this little cup is in. I say little, it's not that little. It says boil it. I'm currently boiling it. And then I've got to do, um, yeah, put it inside me. I'm actually a bit scared because it looks pretty big. <laughs> so I think I'm going to, there is a video that you can watch online. So I'm going to try that. So uh, I didn't think it was pleasant to record um, whilst I was trying to <laughs> insert it. So I've come in the bathroom and it says to get in a comfortable position. So I squatted um, and then, yeah, you have to fold it and then insert it and it's supposed to then open um i think i've done it i'm like it, <laughs> it felt like it was like Shoop! um so yeah let's see how this goes so my first attempt not so good i thought i'd succeeded but i started to leak so i tried it once more and once i got the hang of pulling it in or putting it in and putting it out which i'm going to be honest is awkward but after the weekend I am a convert, so yay yay to these whatever brand you want to go with these cups. I feel like I'm like saving the planet a tiny bit, like one period at a time. Hi, I just wanted to share my experiences of having my period coming from a Hindu background. Traditionally, ladies are considered unclean during their period. So we were always told that we were forbidden to enter the temple or touch anything that was related to the temple, which was considered holy, which I always, you know, obeyed and did because it was what my mum told me and what, what all my cousins did as well. And it was, wasn't until I spoke to one of my cousins whose mother was very deeply religious and who she said to me that she challenged it. And it made me think about why are we considered unclean when we are going through something that's completely natural and out of our control. And it made me question why we do these things and whether it is tradition or where, where it's been written. And also um, some of the castes in the Hindu culture also consider women so unclean that they're forbidden from entering the kitchen, which was also new to me because traditionally men didn't do the cooking so it opened my eyes quite a bit but yeah something to think about during a time when you're going through something completely natural. As well as you fantastic lot recording your period messages for us to share you also took the time to write us some messages too. One woman told us about how she had a tampon stuck up her for three days and she didn't know it was only when her partner noticed the smell that she realised but you know, people, it's quite common. People forgetting they took it out and even trying to put another one in. There's no shame in that. Another lady said she always used towels because she is paranoid about getting toxic shock syndrome from tampons. I have a message here saying that when she was 15 years old, she found a massive blood clot the size of a tennis ball sitting on her pad and she was really scared and went crying to her mom. Oh, poor girl. I'm able to relate to this next lady as I too have a very thoughtful 19-year-old son. Vicky says she had a parenting win when her son plainly, matter-of-factly, asked aged 15 if he could have some tampons for his girlfriend who had just started her period. She was so proud that he was so unfazed about talking about tampons. She ended the message with, 
hopefully it shows that I've brought my lads up to be thoughtful and caring and have an idea on how to be with women and how to treat them with respect. Thanks for sharing, guys. I chose the topic of periods for this podcast because I think it is important that we identify the stigmas and challenges regarding periods, such as, did you know that we approximately spend £4,916 during an average reproductive lifetime on period products? That's between the ages of 12 to 52 years. And that one moon cup can do the job of 3,250 tampons, saving Mother Earth. I have started the Free Flow Project in Bolton, relying on generous donations of sanitary products that will be distributed back to those most in need across the borough. You can find out more by searching Free Flow Project on Facebook. We are women. Check out our Free We Are Women's webinar every first Tuesday of the month. It's quite enriching. Yeah, it was great. I can't wait till the next one on the 2nd of March. They have different speakers every time. We even was dancing last time. If you would like to keep this conversation going, come visit our Facebook page, 16 Days GM, and get involved with the chat. Oh, and that's 16 Days GM, the number 16. Thanks, Thanks for listening. For listening. <laughs>